Welcome to episode 135 of Telepractice Today with Kim Dutro-Allen and Dr. Todd Houston. Okay, welcome back to another episode. I know this is airing the day after Christmas, so I hope you guys have all had a Merry Christmas and are looking forward to the new year. Um, I wanted to give a kind of a wrap-up of what my month of December looked like as far as work goes. And at 11.30 last night, when I was finishing Medicaid billing, this sounded like a really good idea. So (laughs) if it's not a good idea today, you guys just got to bear with me. So here is my December wrap up. In the crazy month of December, my schools all gave to me (laughs) 30 hours of teletherapy, 12 student absences, 10 IEPs, five valuations, Four hours of Medicaid billing, three students they forgot to put on my caseload, two days without internet, and a very tired SLP. (laughs) That's great. (laughs) I think we have a new star on the horizon here. Yep. Oh, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I love it. I love it. So all all during the month of December, huh? Yes. Yes. It Mm. was... Insane. Insane. (laughs) So (laughs) I finished Mm. up the last of my Medicaid billing last night just so I could have it done. Sent off my last invoice today. I'm officially on break. Going to drive to Vegas in a minute. (laughs) I am ready for the holiday. What are you doing in Vegas? What am I doing in Vegas? Um, we're gonna go see one of the Cirque du Soleil shows. Oh, nice. Um, my my Vegas is probably very boring compared to lots of people's Vegas experiences. Well, just being in Vegas is yeah. you know, it's, yeah, it, always it's fun. So different than than what you're doing every day. So yeah, yeah, let's go and love it and then experience it and just yep. have fun. Yep, leave my kids at home. Oh, good, good. Are you so? Relatives, parents coming mm-hmm, in. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Good. Yep. Good. So you guys can go and have some fun and, and yeah. relax a little bit. Yep. But in the meantime, I have been, um, you know, still doing therapy and mm-hmm. been uh, using. I talked a couple weeks ago about getting the the Bjorum speech cards. Mm-hmm. So I've been using a lot of those. I did figure out the big ones. My problem with them is when I'm doing three part blends, I can't hold them all at the same time because right. <laughs> they're like big, like five by five cards. So I did figure out um, using a clipboard, and then I just clip them on the clipboard, and then I can uh-huh. hold up the clipboard and still have another hand to like point to them as my students are saying them. And I also am trying to put more of these tips if I can think of like a video that goes with them. I'm trying mm-hmm. to put more of those on my Instagram page. So if you guys, if I'm explaining something and you're like, mm-hmm. I don't know what you're talking about. I'm a visual learner. I'm trying to put more of those on there when we share the episodes. So um, that is at speakuplistenup.com or on Instagram. That's my um Instagram handle for in my company name. So if you guys want to start following me there, I'll try and put more of those videos up. Awesome. And and put them on telepractice today too. And, yeah. Yeah. I'll and, make sure they get over there. 
you know, cross pollinate here and, mm-hmm. and make sure people <laughs> get access to them. That'd be great. Yeah. That's awesome. Um, and, um, I was, I had a question there and, and it, now it's gone. It's old age sinking in here. It's one of those, you've had a, a rough month. Um, this week has been a little crazy, but, uh, but glad that this is, uh, the, the weekend is coming and, and holidays are here and family members are coming in. And as you know, I, you know, with me and family, you know, they have like a two day shelf life. <laughs> <clears throat> And then they start to spoil after that. So um, I think they will mostly arrive on Friday and then leave on Monday. So that's more, a little bit more than two days. So I'll yes. be probably um, drinking lots of alcohol or something by then, <laughs> by by Sunday night, yep. <laughs> just to yep. get through it. For for the most part, we go to them now. So it's, you know, mm-hmm. if all of a sudden we're like, oh, we just need to go for a drive. <laughs> that's That's usually yeah. why. But we also have, and and as we record this, this big polar, you know, whatever this is going to be, this 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 polar weather forecast that's coming in through the Midwest and um, down through you know Wisconsin and Minnesota and into the into the Midwest. So who knows what's going to happen? They're talking about all kinds of snow and stuff here in Ohio. Yeah. So yeah, I'm not looking forward to driving north. <laughs> From where you might I'm get at. some of that. Yes, yeah. yes. Probably not that. as bad, but right. yes, I have heard there's a lot of crazy weather going on. Crazy weather. So, um, I, for everyone that's listening, hopefully by the time you hear this, we've gotten through that. But be careful if you're flying back and trying to deal with all this. Uh, our hearts go out to you. But um, I hope, like like Kim said, I hope everyone had a great holiday. And then on the podcast today, we do have someone that's uh, really exciting. Her name is Rachel Harrington, and she is with Sensational Brain. And she's going to talk about um, the sensory project they have going on and BrainWorks and all the fun stuff they have going on. They have courses. They have a podcast. They're doing all kinds of stuff there. So it's geared uh, a bit more towards uh, occupational therapy. But as we know, we need to understand as SLPs and other allied health professionals what occupational therapy does, but also how sensory input impacts our patients and yeah. and how we can use those strategies. So she has a lot of great information to share. So I'm looking forward to speaking with Rachel. Well, Rachel, welcome to the podcast. Can you share more about your background? Yes. Thank you for having me. I'm so happy to be here. I am a certified occupational therapy assistant by trade. That is where I started um, eight years ago. And, you know, I always think it's funny to share the story of how I never wanted to work with pediatrics when I was going (laughs) through school. It was 100%. I was going to be in the geriatric population. I loved my seniors so much. I just felt so comfortable with them. Kids scared me. I was like, there's no way. And then I graduated, got a job in a pediatric sensory clinic, and the rest is history. Here I am now, eight years later. I actually took a break from clinical, from the clinical setting um, two years ago when I had my son trip. And um, from there, business-wise, things have just kind of 
grown. I started a few business. I call myself like a serial entrepreneurial entrepreneur. And uh, I love it. I I think it's such a cool area of occupational therapy. So started with the sensory project, which um, is basically right now just kind of a blog information um, online. Started with sensory products. We still sell some things on Etsy, weighted vests and such. Mm And then um, a year after, so in 2018, we started a podcast. My co-host Jessica and I, we started a podcast. Now it's called All Things Sensory by Harkla. And uh, we just share all things sensory. And in 2020, a local company um, approached us who sells sensory products and said, hey, let's connect, let's collab. And uh, we ended up selling our podcast business to them. Now we work with them part-time. I work part-time with them creating content. And also in 2020, I ended up um, connecting with Gwen Wild. We'd been in touch for quite a long time beforehand. I've been a user of Brainworks and mm-hmm. web- I've taken all the Sensational Brain webinars and and she approached me and said, hey, I'm trying to kind of go back into the clinical setting. Uh, would you be interested in taking over Sensational Brain? And so in October of 2020, I purchased Sensational Brain. And now I do everything online for the most part and um, do OT with my, I say I do OT with my own kiddos. So <laughs> that's where we are now. It's been, it's been awesome. That's great. So tell us more about Sensational Brain. Yes. Sensational Brain is super fun because we have essentially two different components of the business. We've got continuing education for occupational therapists. We're AOTA approved. We have hundreds of webinars on a variety of topics of sensory integration, feeding, trauma, executive functioning, vision, school-based Lots of different topics there, ranging from one-hour courses to six-hour courses. So there's a wide variety there for therapists to take advantage of. And then the other side of the business is BrainWorks. BrainWorks was created by Gwen Wild, who is an occupational therapist, and it is sensory diet technology. So it's a really cool platform that allows parents, practitioners, educators to drag and drop and create sensory diets, custom sensory diets. We've got a little blue guy character on all of the cards and <clears throat> excuse me. And we have the opportunity to create sensory diets, visual schedules, reflex integration. We just launched some holiday cards for some advent calendars, uh, really just just a way to incorporate more visuals because from what I found with practice and Gwen as well, um, being able to visually see sensory diets and visual schedules, it makes all the difference for kids carrying over these activities from what therapists are doing in the clinic and, and what parents should be doing at home with their kids too. So it just, it, it incorporates both continuing education, sensory diets, but really the name Sensational Brain, it's just helping children be sensational and, and just feel comfortable in their own skin. So how, so just for my own education, yes. how would you define sensory diet? Because that's that's a term that maybe some of our listeners may not be as familiar with. Certainly, yes. visual schedules, definitely. Uh, but sensory so, diet is is an interesting term. Yeah, 
so I'd like to explain a sensory diet kind of as like a sensory lifestyle. So we all perform sensory-based activities every day to help us focus and thrive. Some people fidget, some people exercise, lift weights, go on walks, chew gum, always. Um, we all participate in those sensory-based activities. And for some people, we need more of that sensory input at specific times of the day in order to thrive and feel their best and um, just complete daily activities. And so for those kiddos, those adults, when we create a sensory diet, it's kind of a sequence of specific activities tailored to their specific needs. So we've got jumping and crashing, followed by, um, you know, crawling through a tunnel, followed by putting together a puzzle. And when we complete those activities in that specific, I like to say order of operations, it helps the child, it helps the adult function their very best. So sensory diet, sensory, sensory, not lifestyle, but it, I really would like everyone to complete a sensory lifestyle, but sensory diet is just feeding the senses with the input that is beneficial for their unique sensory system. I love it. I always say that every time I think I know what an OT does, I then talk to an OT and think and find something else that they do. Yay! That's but it's almost thing. like it's almost like we had planned this podcast because I just talked to an OT yesterday that we are going to try and co-treat a student that I have, um, because I'm all online and I have a student that is a non-speak two students coming in that are non-speaking preschoolers with autism, looking like autism, and I'm like I I can't. Do the things that I would do in person, you know, get down on the floor with them, follow their lead. I cannot physically do that being online. So that's, I was like, who can I recruit that's there in person? And I found the OT that's willing to work with me so they can kind of get them sensory regulated. And I'm just planning on layering the language on top of that. Absolutely. And that's ideal. That's how it should be because we can't learn. We can't thrive when we're in a state of either fight or flight or when our attention isn't quite set. And so by providing those sensory opportunities first, it allows them to sit down and focus and learn. And they can, you know, in a perfect world, soak up that information of the speech side of things and learn about language. Yeah. So for speech language pathologists, are there any like signs that you look for in kids that kind of might show us like, hey, maybe we could Make a referral if it's really extreme, but maybe just see that our kids need some more sensory input or some activities that would help them kind of regulate. Yeah, I think the first thing when you're looking for a referral is, are the sensory needs, is is a child able to participate in daily activities well? If their sensory needs, if their disability is impacting their ability to perform those daily occupations, like sitting at the table, eating a meal, brushing their teeth, going to the bathroom, just those daily activities, that's when we're going to need that referral for OT. But as far as sensory stuff, um, you know, we've got sensory over-responsive, which is a little bit more on the over-sensitive side. So people who are highly sensitive. And then we have the cravers on the other side for kiddos who are seeking sensory input, craving sensory input. They just can't get enough of it in order to feel regulated. Um, oftentimes these kids are quote unquote, the bad kids in school. Unfortunately, they get that label because they're trying to meet their needs and it doesn't always seem like it is in the most expected or appropriate way. 
And then we've got the kiddos who are a little bit on the under-responsive side. And these ones often fall between the cracks because they are um, kind of referred to as bumps on a log. They are they're under-responsive. They need more input, but they don't necessarily know that they need more input. And or so seek it out. Exactly. Right? They don't, they don't, they don't seek it out on their own. So they are often described as lazy, bumps on a log, and they just don't know that they need that input, but their bodies do need more input in order to like hit that appropriate adaptive level. So, um, you know, there's eight sensory systems, so you can be craving in one, you can be over-responsive to another. There's no, there's no box, which is, which makes it difficult to identify the specific needs, but it also makes my job really interesting. And I think it's super fun to learn about people's sensory systems and, and help them get either the appropriate amount of input or provide those modifications to help them feel most comfortable in their own skin. What's been a most challenging case that you can think of that you've experienced or, or a friend or colleague? Oh, you know, I have, I have one kiddo in mind, um, non-speaking, but also like layers and layers and layers of all these different challenges from seizures to autism to, Mm -hmm. um, global development delay, but also that's on a separate side, but the sensory system was so dysregulated that we could hardly even get him to sit and focus and participate in a task because he was so dysregulated. So Mm. my go-to was always get like a little box of my favorite tools, head to a small room, get him organized. Um, and then we could transition from room to room, different activities in our sensory gym, but we'd have things like, um, those pop tubes, the deep pressure brush for the brushing protocol, um, a vibrating massager, and then sour spray is another great, uh, technique that we would use too, for a sensory seeker. Cause this kid in particular, um, would drool constantly and was constantly, you know, struggling to manage, um, saliva, but also, seeking out and like spitting constantly too. So that was a fun, a fun strategy, but the kid was full of life was such a gem. It was, it was such a, a puzzle to work with him, but it was so like fulfilling when you'd find something that would work and he would laugh and he, and it would resonate with him. And so I think that's kind of one of the, that's one of the fun things. I mean, it was a challenging case trying to peel back the layers of the onion, but also it was, motivating and rewarding to work with him too. Sounds like it. So yeah. you, you have sensational brain, you have brain works. And so what you just described, would that be part of the sensory project? Um, sensory project is separate in that, in the fact that it is, um, I mean, it's all connected. So <laughs> I say it's separate. It's a separate business, but Um, my goal with the sensory project is to advocate and that business definitely reaches more parents. And through that, I feel like I'm able to help parents understand their own sensory needs as well as their child's sensory needs. And just from being a parent myself, Mm -hmm. I feel more sense. I mean, I've always been a little bit on the sensitive side, but noises, competing background noises are always so tough for me to, for me to handle. And now having two littles, it's like constant. So Mm -hmm. I feel like that business is, it has been really 
fun to help other parents recognize, no, your kid's not a bad kid. They're not doing this on purpose. They they just have unmet sensory needs that we need to help them understand and, and provide them with a sensory input that they need. So that's been really fun. And I, I feel like I have a big reach of, of parents and professionals as well to educate them on all things sensory. I like that. I like how you talked about realizing our own sensory needs. I was mm-hmm. walking around with some noise canceling headphones on with nothing on them, but just had noise canceling <laughs> headphones on. And my husband was like, why aren't you interacting with us? I was like, I need these at this moment to be able to interact with you guys. Yes. yes. <laughs> noise level has gotten too high. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. And that's my thing too. My brother actually got me some for my birthday this year. <laughs> He's like, Rachel, you need these. And yeah. it's a great tool to have. And just being able to even like have, I would say like name it, tame it and claim it. Like you can put a name to it. You know that it's, you know, sensory over responsiveness. You claim it. This is what's going on with me. And then you've got these strategies in your toolbox to be able to kind of organize your nervous system. Even when you're feeling overstimulated, like you with your headphones and yep. me with essential oils and chewing gum. <laughs> there you go. So. I I was thinking any tips for those of us that are kind of we're in our chairs all day in front of a computer, any tips to kind of, you know, regulate our own sensory systems to be alert enough or calm down enough, whichever it may be for that kind of sedentary work. Yes. So, so important too. Um, the first things that come to mind, um, sitting next to a window, if possible, being able to look from your screen outside to the window to help your eyes kind of acclimate in your visual system, kind of be able to process looking at the screen. Um, if that's not a possibility, um, blue light glasses are really helpful to help the visual system. Um, foot fidgets. I have found the most random foot fidgets at like Walmart and like I don't know, target all these random places. One is like a, an ice massager roller that you can not, you don't have to put it in the freezer, but it just has some fun tactile input. Um, keeps your feet busy. A, uh, what is it? An exercise band around the bottom of the chair is a fun one to move your feet. Um, chair pushups are great too. You can just lift your bum off the chair, um, get some heavy work to your upper body, uh, chewing gum, essential oils. Those are my classic go-tos. Um, just even just smelling essential oils that are regulating and then, um, changing your head position. So in between clients, standing up, doing a few yoga poses, um, bending over, touching your toes, doing some stretches. If you aren't able to get out and go for a walk in between kiddos, um, just like moving just any way that you can move your body, get yourself some vestibular input and change that position of your head. Um, even like weighted blankets, slap pads on your lap can be very organizing too. Um, and then yeah, I think that's, I think that's a good one as well as like, I personally love sour spray myself. I think it's a fun tool for adults to have just to like wake you up a little bit. You know, some people, drink coffee, hot coffee, iced coffee. Those are all sensory activities. And mm-hmm. most of the time they're pretty grounding for people. So sour spray is just what it sounds like a spray. That's very, very sour, huh? Like, yeah, just like a sour candy spray. There's one called, um, two tarts and that one you can find on Amazon and it doesn't have like 
It doesn't have like the food dye in it. That's always my hesitation because a lot of them have food dye in them and I always try to avoid right. that. But the two tart spray, I just spray it in there, spray it on a Z vibe, spray it, have the child spray it on their finger directly in there. It sounds so silly, but once you try it, you're going to be like, wow, Rachel is on to something. <laughs> it definitely wakes up the kids and can exactly. wake you up as well. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> just bite an onion or something. <laughs> 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 uh, so that's, that's very interesting. I haven't, I haven't heard of sour spray. So that's, that's really cool. Yeah. I like the foot fidget idea too. I think we always yeah. think of fidgets as being something, you know, we use with our hands, mm-hmm. um, which I do like. Sometimes it's nice that I can be like in an IEP meeting and using a fidget to kind of regulate myself, but I'm on camera. So people don't really know <laughs> that I'm exactly. using a fidget. But I like the idea of foot fidgets too. I am kind of, um, and I think I get it from my dad. He was one that his leg would always just shake like constantly. He'd be sitting in, we'd be sitting in church or something and his leg would just always bounce up and down. And I do that sometimes too. So I like that idea. Yeah, it's a fun one. Well, I feel guilty not having the the pedals under the desk or you can sit and pedal to get exercise. You know, those ones are great in theory. We had one at a clinic that I worked at, but your desk has to be perfectly set up for that. Otherwise, your knees are hitting it. and The idea is there, but the the follow through is a a little bit difficult. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe off to the side where you spin and then do it. There you go. Or like a walking treadmill desk. I think those are the new things. But again, I think my vestibular system would be a little overwhelmed by that, by seeing my feet move, but being stationary, typing at the computer. I think that'd be a little tricky for me. Yeah, I can't. I can't. I've tried it and I just can't do it. I mean, I just can't. Oh, yeah, I've tried it. I've, I've tried a standing desk and I can do it for okay. a few minutes. But yes. if, I'm, if I need to really concentrate and really work on something, I can't yes. stand there and do that. I have to sit down and really... Yeah have that yeah yeah um so but you haven't tried the walking treadmill desk. i have not tried the walking Neither. treadmill no yeah. yeah so that may be something i can try i feel i, I don't know if I you can't would... if you can't stand to do your work then yeah. walking to do your deep work might be a little difficult. i feel like i'd get like a little motion sick or something <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly. trying to like look at my computer while i was moving <laughs> i know exactly i know it's like reading in a car right your yeah, body yeah. Moving, but your I eyes are stationary mm-hmm. yeah i don't i don't know but like you said everyone's sensory systems are different maybe it works exactly. for some people <laughs> exactly the sensory seekers probably who yes. are like give me all the input yep yeah yeah i can never read in a car my wife can she can read novels but i two minutes and i'm 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 very sick yeah it would not be pretty (laughs) i wish i could because you know if you're taking a long trip somewhere drive somewhere and you get some you know reading done and enjoy it and but it does not work for me so different sensory um Wait, different ways, different people handle sensory information differently. So can't do that. Yes, absolutely. So, well, Rachel, it is now time for our biggest part of this interview, and that is called our moment of Zen. Oh. Yeah. So are you ready for the moment of Zen? 
I was born ready. Yes. Oh, ooh. <laughs> I like that attitude. Um, so what our moment of Zen is, is, is kind of based on the Proust questionnaire, but we've modified it significantly. And so we have three different lists of questions, list A, B, or C. And we just ask our guests to choose A, B, or C, and we'll ask you those questions. Okay. The first one that felt good was B. B. We're getting a lot of Bs this, this oh. a common one. Past few oh, sorry. <laughs> I didn't want to That's okay. No, That's no. You can be You're a good. B. That's good. Okay. So, okay. So this is just to get to know you a little bit better. Okay. Okay. So would you describe yourself as an introvert or an extrovert? An introverted extrovert. And what was the, yeah. So omnivert. An omnivert. <laughs> is what I said. Uh, Someone what came I've up with before. that term. An omnivert. Yeah. I, uh, I definitely thrive in social settings. I love, I like, I'm like a serial networker. Like I love meeting people. I love chatting with people and just hearing their stories and connecting. But sometimes my body's like, I need a brain break. And once I'm done with those settings, I'm exhausted. And I'm like, I just need to walk. I need to be in my own thoughts for a bit, but mostly an extrovert, but not too much, not, not too, too much. Yeah. Yeah. It's like that. Um, what's the TikTok audio that goes well that was fun i need to go to bed for a few days now <laughs> that's <laughs> that's how i felt after the asha conference i was like oh, oh yeah that was great i'm gonna go lie down for a couple days yes. that's exactly <laughs> the type of situation that i was referring to like that type of situation mm-hmm. it's so fulfilling and right. so much fun but you gotta go to bed for a few days afterward yep, yep. <laughs> very good I that. so next question what's the best compliment you've received the best compliment that I have received. Oh. Oh. Maybe it's been a while since she's, I received a compliment. She's stumped. I know. I'm trying to think of like, you know, a, a unique one. Something that, that was fun and, and filled my cup up. Um, so on our, on our podcast, um, and our courses and whatnot with Harkla, we get reviews and whatnot. And someone had left a review and said that we were just super funny, super fun to listen to and learn from. And so that type of feedback was very encouraging because in a learning setting, I feel like it can be really challenging to like keep people entertained and, you know keep people's attention. So I thought that was really fun one. Awesome. Yeah, that's good. We also appreciate that kind of feedback. (laughs) (laughs) If people want to leave that for us. Oh, I love that. (laughs) Um, Who has been the most influential person in your life and how did he or she impact you? Oh, these questions. This isn't, I'm not good at these questions. (laughs) Um, you know, the first person that comes to mind is my grandma, my grandma, Rosie. Um, she is just 
encouraged. She's not alive anymore, but she's always just encouraged me to be myself, to laugh, to have fun, to not take life too seriously. And I feel like if she was alive now, she'd probably say the same things like, Hey, just, you know, keep doing what you're doing. Just keep your head up. And she's always, she's always just in the back of my mind. So I'm going to, I'm going to go with grandma Rosie. Good. That's great. Yeah. Those, those grandparents can have a really lasting effect for sure. It's the best, right? What do next question is what do people misunderstand most about you? About me? Mm-hmm. Mm. Misunderstand or assume wrongly. Hmm. I would probably say that oh, these are tough questions, you guys. <laughs> Hey, you wanted it's, list B. That's a. I. It's my own fault. I know. <laughs> I would say people misunderstand about me. I would probably say that going back to when I first introduced myself in the work world, that people were like, "This girl was meant to work with kids," mm-hmm. and absolutely not. I just, it just fell in my lap and it has not been a dream of mine to work with kids, but it is the perfect dream now. So I would, I would go with that. Awesome. Good. Yeah. And sort of in the same vein, what's something surprising that you've learned about yourself? Oh, oh, okay. I am learning more about my brain in this field Mm-hmm. And my serial entrepreneurialismness, I <laughs> feel like I could be on the ADHD, ADD spectrum. Um, the more that I'm learning about my brain, I there's just different things that I'm picking up on that are making my life a little bit more challenging and identifying if that's sleep deprivation or ADD, ADHD, sensory processing, mm-hmm. um, mom, being a mom, <laughs> being a mom, running all the businesses, having 47 things on my plate. It's, it's something that I'm learning about and I'm not being as hard on myself for the way that I am with like organizational. I'm not an organized person. And I think that's just how my brain is. That's just how my brain works. I'm a big picture person mm-hmm. and I just need to hone in on that. Awesome. That's interesting. I've, I've seen a couple like, I don't know, kind of influencers and people um, in different industries that are like they'll list all the different careers that they've had and things that they've tried. And a lot of them are not related at all. And then they say, we'll say something like, oh, and then I found out as an adult that I have ADHD. And I'm just like, are we surprised? <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> and I think that we, but it is, sometimes we don't like think of it. And my husband has ADHD and was diagnosed as an adult after he sat through a special ed class for, he's um, a gen ed uh, high school teacher and he sat through a special ed class and he's sitting there listening about ADHD and he was like, oh my gosh, it's me. And he came home and was telling me about it. I was like, you're right. It is you. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> but I, I, yeah, I think just like understanding our own brain and for, you know, the people in our lives too, to know like, oh, that's why it's that way. That's why yes. they're sometimes in another world. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. And I think it's so beneficial. It's not a bad thing. It's just yeah. like, it's, you know, accepting that, that maybe your brain works a little bit differently and, and that's why you're quirky and that's what makes you unique and mm-hmm. having your partner understand that, you know, you're not just, you know, disorganized and, you know, bing, 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 cleaning the kitchen at 11 o'clock at night because that's just what you do. It's because that's, that's what your brain needs in order yeah. to feel right. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So Rachel, do you have a favorite quote or saying? Oh, mm. again, the first thing that comes to my mind um, is Forrest Gump. Life is like a box of chocolates. You never know what, you, <laughs> what you're going to get. I know it sounds so, you know, just childish almost, but I just feel like it's so important to remember, like, you really don't know what's in store for you. You don't know what cards are going to be laid in your way and mm-hmm. just live your life as, as, as you want to. And don't let, don't let anyone tell you otherwise because yeah. you don't know what is in your box of chocolates, but hopefully you get to eat them all because they're probably all going to be. <laughs> delicious. I like that. I like, and yeah, I, I think it good. goes back to how you talked about that. You had a different plan of what direction your career was exactly. going to go in. And the thing that actually happened was much better than the plan. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) So next question, Rachel, is how would you define success? I would say if you wake up every morning and you are happy with what you're doing and you're enjoying yourself, you've got food, you've got a house, you just you feel good with where you're at in life. I feel like you're you're killing it. Mm-hmm. Good. I like that. Yeah. What's the best advice a mentor ever gave you about work or life? Oh, okay. I'm going to go work because my work is my life and I love what I do. I had a really great mentor that the first clinic that I worked at, um, I had a really great mentor that um, taught me all about sensory processing. Um, it wasn't much that we learned about in school. And I went into the job saying, I literally do not know anything about anything right now. And, uh, she took me under her wing and taught me about, I mean, when I say I didn't know anything, I didn't even know how to do a wheelbarrow walk with a child, (laughs) like, or seeing the wheels on the bus, like knew nothing. And I learned about the sensory system in a way that I had never imagined understanding it. And I'm forever grateful for that mentor. And I just, I think it's a really unique thing to learn about and to have the background in, and I think it's life-changing. So that's definitely, it's not one piece of advice, but it's one, one important area of life. And it had a major impact on your career. Did Yeah. Yeah. Um, do you have a hack that you've discovered? So this could be any hack at all. Oh my work, gosh. Uh, making dinner or whatever. It doesn't matter. Just any yes. kind of hack. This is the perfect time because had you asked me this like a week ago, I would have said, I have no idea. Um, 
but I just learned how to turn off the microwave beeper. So there's no sound on the microwave (laughs) and my auditory system (laughs) is like praising. I was like, my brother showed me actually how to do it. And, um, it's been a game changer. So that is my hack. Turn off the beeper on the microwave and we'll never have to hear it again. Make make you a happy life. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. Isn't that funny? Someone was talking about how like when cell phones first came out that we used to pay money to get ringtones and things like Mm -hmm. that. And I really cannot remember the last time that my phone wasn't on silent because I just can't handle the beeping, the noises, yes. anything. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yes. Even the click, 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 click. When yeah, you're like typing no, out a message. No, no, has to be silent. <laughs> oh, man. I feel like our auditory systems are very similar. <laughs> so last question, Miss Rachel, is if heaven exists, what do you want to hear God say when you arrive at the pearly gates? You crushed it. Way to go. Awesome. That's what I want. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. And and Grandma Rosa, Rosie? Grandma Rosie, yes. We'll be She'll there. She'll me on. <laughs> well, Rachel, it's been wonderful getting to know you and hearing more about Sensational Brain and everything you guys have going on. How can people find you and, and get more information about you and what you're doing? Okay. I just want to say thank you guys for having me. This was super fun. Love the... The, the moment of Zen, that was fun. Um, everything is um, is online, sensationalbrain.com. Um, Instagram, we are on Instagram. We've got all, um, let's see, Sensational Brain, um, the Sensory Project 208, all things Sensory Podcast. Um, and yeah, courses, brain works, those are all on sensationalbrain.com. And uh yeah, happy to answer any questions that anyone has or just connect with them. Right. Well, Great. you'll have to come back and give us an update in another six months or so. Perfect. That sounds um, good. I appreciate you guys having me on here. Probably start another company by then. and yeah. You know, serial entrepreneurialism. <laughs> this. <laughs> Thanks again. Thank you. Well, that was Rachel Harrington from Sensational Brain. So, Go check out everything that she's doing related to occupational therapy, sensory integration. Uh, There's a wealth of information on the website at www.sensationalbrain.com. So thanks again, Rachel, for joining us, and good luck with everything you're doing. And thank you for listening to this episode of Telepractice Today. We will be back again next week with a new guest. So please come back right here and listen to next week's episode. And uh, we want to thank you for all of your support over the past year uh, as 2022 comes to a close. We hope everyone has had a wonderful, wonderful holiday season. And we are looking forward to an exciting 2023. And we already have some great guests lined up and some new ideas about how we are going to grow the podcast. So please stay tuned for more of that. Um, But until next week, be safe and be kind. This has been a production of the 3C Digital Media Network. 